All right. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Wow, what a treat to have blue skies and sunshine and heat on Mother's Day. What a blessing. That doesn't happen a whole lot in the P&W, but what a blessing this year to have that on Mother's Day. So get outside this afternoon. Have some fun in the sun. Okay, a couple things to let you know about. Uh, we have on the back wall there, if you haven't checked it out already, we're sending a, a team to Mexico this summer on a missions trip. And uh, wasn't that awesome? Was it last week we had the fundraiser? Yes, last week. $4,800 you helped raise for the team. So just want to say a big, massive thank you to everybody for supporting the team and just being a part of that and helping them um, go on this trip. And so uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to continue to support, there's those hands on the back wall there. It has all the instructions back there. But our, our goal is to, to get rid of all those hands. And uh, the, the, the hands are really about two things. It's about um, a way for you to give financially to support the team. But also, it's a chance for you to write a little note or verse on that hand as a word of encouragement, uh, maybe a, a scripture verse. But they're going to read those when they're actually down in Mexico. And having been on a trip before where we did the hands, I can tell you those hands are so encouraging to read when you're serving and when you're just giving of your time like that. So I'd encourage you to do that at some point in the next uh, couple weeks. Grab a hand, write a note on it, and uh, there are plenty of people here, so we should be able to get all those hands taken down. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, okay. So help us out with that. And then just uh, three dates to let you know about. May 23rd is an important family meeting uh, right here in this, this, uh, this room. It's going to be at 6.30. And uh, as the uh, Ferndale Council is just talking through the, the next steps in the transition that we're in as a church, um, that meeting is going to be an opportunity for you to kind of hear what's going on, to speak into the process. And so uh, mark that date on your calendar, May 23rd at 6.30. And I just got to tell you, you have an amazing council here in this church. And, and they're just doing, they are doing an outstanding, outstanding job. And so if, if for nothing else, it'd be awesome if you could show up that night just to show, that, show your leadership team, hey, we're behind you and uh, we're praying for you. We, we are believing God's best. So um, May 23rd. And then the day after that, May 24th, there's going to be a campus-wide worship night over at the Bellingham campus. And these are always amazing times together. And so you're invited to be a part of that. And then the last thing, you going to remember all this? I want promises this morning. No, no promise. June 18th, if you have not been baptized, if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been baptized in water, June 18th is for you. It's an opportunity for you to be baptized. We're going to have a baptism service. And uh, so if you haven't been yet, chat with me. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what that means. But um, Jesus said, repent and be baptized. And it's this amazing opportunity you have to just declare publicly that you are following Jesus. And so if you're interested in that, uh, let me know. Or you can grab a connection card at the back there. Fill that out. Let, let us know you're interested. If you're watching online, just go to connect.ctk.church and just let us know you're interested in being baptized. And we will have a conversation. Okay, I'm excited to preach this morning, and uh, one of the reasons is we can talk with Jessica about the topic this morning, but it's like, sometimes it happens where the, the worship set and the message just kind of sync right up, and, and today is one of those days, 
And so I'm just um, stoked about preaching. Um, we're in a series right now called The Better Than You Could Have Ever Imagined, and we're looking at different aspects of who God is. Uh, last week we looked at His voice. We're looking at different parts of His character. Week one we talked about His trustworthiness. Today we're talking about how His love is better than, that better than you could ever imagine. One of the most, probably maybe one of the most influential Bible scholars of the 20th century was a guy named uh, Carl Barth, and uh, he was kind of on a, a different level when it came to understanding Scripture and digging into what, what the Bible was all about. And towards the end of his life, he was actually doing this lecture at the chapel at the University of Chicago. And at some point, they had a, a little Q&A, and he was asked the question, um, how would you summarize all the, the mounds of theology that you've gathered over the years? He'd written commentaries and all kinds of different tools to help people study the Bible. He was asked the question, how would you sum all that up? And he said, I would sum it up like this. It was, it's a song that my, my mom sang to me on her knee. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's how you would sum it all up. When Jesus was talking with Nicodemus one night about what it meant to, 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 to to surrender and what it meant, what life in the kingdom looked like. Jesus summed up his mission and the heart behind his mission on this earth by saying it was for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. It was love that motivated him, him to come. It was because of love that, that he died on the cross. The apostle Paul said that God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us, and then he demonstrates his love for us. And my question for us today that we're going to kind of unpack is, do you know the love of God? Do you know the love of God? And even more, have you encountered this, this love? Is his love something that you just strictly know about on an intellectual level? You've, you've read it somewhere and... Or, or, or is it something that you know, that you've, that you've experienced? And there's, there's a difference between the two. Um, with it being Mother's Day today, I'm reminded of just the way that, that I was blessed with a mom that just loved me, nurtured me, and, and I know that she loves me because I've encountered her, her love and I've seen her love. She's given hours of her life away to, to, to teaching and to correcting and to training and to, you know, all those things that... That, that moms do. She just has sacrificed so, so much for me. And she doesn't do it because she's having somebody twist her arm. She doesn't do it because there's some kind of cultural pressure on her to have kids and, and raise them a certain way. No, she's sacrificed so extensively over the years because she, because she loves me. And I know this love because I've experienced this love. And when it comes to, to Jesus' love for us, we know about it because the Bible tells us about it. It tells us about how he demonstrated his love for us. It tells us about all the ways that he fights for us because of his love. But you can also experience his love. And when you do, it, it changes you. It changes you. And many of you in this room today would say, yes, I have, I, I know, Rich, because I have encountered Jesus' love. I've surrendered to him. I've, I've, I've believed what scripture has to say about him. And, and I know because his love has changed me. He's set me free. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer bound up by my old way of living. I have been set free because of the love that he's had and, and has demonstrated for me. 
And when you discover his love, you discover that there is nothing, nothing. It's, it's better than you could ever imagine. King David, he was another guy in the Bible who knew the love of God. And he put it like this. He said, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. It's better than life. Like everything that you can think of in life that is good, it's awesome, that makes life amazing, David says the love of Jesus is better than life itself. Another place, I'm in the New Testament, uh, uh, James writes this. He says the proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. Think about that for a second. What God gives in love to you and me is far better than anything else that you can ever find. You might think that having that dream career one day, you might think that having that dream house, that dream car, that dream boat, that dream uh, whatever is that fill in the blank for you, you might think that that is the most amazing thing that you could ever have in life, that maybe it's a, maybe it's a relationship. God says in His Word that, that what He gives in love is far better than anything else that you'll find. And would you be able to say that this is your reality today? Where you go, yeah, I've experienced the love of God. I know the love of God, and it is far better than anything else that I could find in life. Have you discovered? Have you discovered that? And, and what I want to do today is I want to, we're, we're going to dive into God's Word this morning, and we're going to look at God's love, but, but where I really want to spend a lot of our time this morning is is what, what do you do when you've encountered God's love, but you've wandered away from that, that love? Because I think for a lot of us in the room today, we would probably be able to say that at one time we knew God's love, at one time we were tight like this, but what happens through life is you can find yourself going from a place of being close and, and, and tight and just kind of wandering away from, from that love that you, you, once, you once had. And instead of loving him back in the way that he loves you, that love can, can, can go cold. And this morning we're going to actually read about a group of people who at one time, they knew the depths of God's love. They knew that his love was better than life. Um, they, 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 they knew all this, but then life came along and it caused them to forget the extent of God's love. Their love for him had grown cold. Yes, they were still practicing, doing all their religious things, the religious ways. They were still called the people of God, um, still busy with religious activities, but it had all become just that religious activity. And what does God do? He does what He always does when, when we wander away and we forget just how great His love is for us. He sends somebody, or it could be a person, it could be a preacher, it could be just His Holy Spirit showing up in your life in unexpected ways, but He He's, he reminds us of his love for us, and he pulls us, draws us back in. And, and so we're going to read a section of Scripture here where it's God's people, the Israelites, who have, who have drifted away from God's love, and God sends a man named Jer Jeremiah to remind them and to, to show them um, just how far that they've wandered. And so Jeremiah begins to speak, and he's saying this. He says, this is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me, you followed me through the wilderness, 
through a land not sown. You know, the tendency of, so I've been married this, this, um, this year is year number 25 for Becky and I, as I've shared a couple times, 25th year, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but one, one of the things that, that I've noticed in my own marriage, and I've seen in other marriages, is that married couples have a tendency to forget what they had in their youth. Relationships can start off red hot. They can start off just like this raging, burning inferno of love and romance and all this stuff. But then over time, what happens? You become familiar, life happens, and it can kind of grow cold. And that's what happens here with, with Israel. Israel has forgotten um, how things used to be between them and God. But God comes along with the memory, very fresh in his mind, and he's, he comes along and says, hey, I remember what it used to be like. I remember the devotion of your youth. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It's like God comes along and says, I'm here to remind you what that was like. And, and do any of you couples in the room, you don't have to raise a hand here, but do you remember what young love was like? I mean, just go back to those days. For us, it was back in the mid-90s. What was, what was that young love like? Do you remember what it was like for you and, and, and your lover? Let me just remind you a few things of what youthful love and devotion looks like. Young love is, is, is exclusive. Um, remember, I mean, you probably see this sometimes. You go to a restaurant, maybe you go to, go to um, I'm trying to think, Chihuahuas or something, or maybe you're sitting at Dairy Queen, and you, there's, there always seems to be that, that young couple that's just off in the corner, and they're just, they're just looking at each other. They're just completely lost in each other's eyes, and they're just, there's, there's just nobody else in the world. They're just, you know, googly-eyed at each other, whatever you call it. They're just locked right in. That's like this, they're just, it's just them on the planet, almost to a fault, right? Where it's just they block out everybody else. But their hearts are entirely devoted to one another. They only want to be with each other. It's this exclusive exclusivity. Something else that I've noticed about young love is that it's kind of reckless. You know, it, it almost, it's like it doesn't really weigh the risks involved with fully giving your heart to another. Um, you're not really thinking about where this could one day lead. All you care about is the other person gets your heart pounding. You're crazy about them. Um, there's this country music song. I think it's written by um, Jake, Jake Owen, Owens. And he, it's, it's, the line of the songs is, I'll go anywhere with you. Pick a spot on the map. I don't care if it's way off in Timbuktu. As long as I'm with you, I'll go anywhere, anywhere with you. And it's just, that's young love. It's just, it's, it's reckless. You're like, let's elope. Let's go all in. Let's buy a cheap VW van. We're just going to road trip it. Who cares about retirement? Who cares about all that stuff? Homes, houses, career. It'll come if it does. If it doesn't, as long as we have each other. That's, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> but it's kind of reckless. I was, so with it being our 25th, we pulled up the old videos, and, and I actually still have a VCR that I've, I've kept just so that if we ever want to watch our wedding video. And so we pulled it up, and it has, you know how in the olden days it had the little, the, the timer at the top there on the screen? Well, I lost the remote, so every time we watch it now, there's just the, the timer is stuck to the top of the screen, so we know. But anyways, we're watching the video, and, and I sang for Becky at our wedding. I'm not a solo guy. I'm not a solo guy at all. 
And I was watching it going, what in the world, Rich, were you thinking? <laughs> but it's young love, right? It's just, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of reckless. It's kind of reckless. It just doesn't care. Doesn't care. And God comes along to the people of Israel, and what does he say? He says, hey, remember back in the day where you, where you were so in love with me that you'd followed me even to the wilderness when I led you out of Egypt, and you're like, we're going to go to the wilderness. We don't know what's out there in the wilderness. There's, there's probably bad guys and mountain lions. Who knows what's out there? But God, if that's where you lead, or you're leading us, we're going to go. God's saying, remember back in those days, you even followed me to the wilderness. You went all in with me. You're, it was full of risk, but you didn't care because you knew my love. You loved me. We were just tight. Third thing that young love is, it's exclusive, it's reckless, and it's, it's passionate. Passionate. Youthful devotion is full of passion, isn't it? You know, it's like a raging inferno. The passion you have for one another, it leads you to do the craziest things for the other person. So going back to the wedding videos, I should have just brought them this morning and we could watch the wedding videos for Mother's Day. <laughs> I would never in a million years do that. <laughs> no, you'd have to pay me some big money to show you those videos. Oh my gosh. We were, so we're watching this video. I were watching this video and I not only have the wedding video, but I also, I, I took my, I think it was my grandpa's massive camcorder. You know how they were, for those of you that were around back in the day, it wasn't like your little tiny phone, you whip it up. No, it's like this, this camcorder, you know. <laughs> Not quite that big, but it was, a, it was a, so I brought this camcorder on our honeymoon. So I've got some video of our, of just some stuff on our honeymoon. And I'm watching this going, Beck, how did that guy not frighten you away? I mean, that's just <laughs> crazy. But I made this little, this little, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I made this little video that was like, I, I pretended like I was some, like, Prince Charming or something, and somehow I convinced Becky to be the, the, the girl that I was rescuing, and I made this little fictional video, and I just am watching it going, oh, this is so embarrassing watching this thing right now, but... <laughs> It was, it was like straight out of Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, it was, it was some crazy, crazy stuff. But it's just, you're just passionate, right? You're just, you just don't care. You don't care. I just, I just wanted her to know, like, I'm crazy about her. And, and, and God's kind of like this. He remembers their fiery relationship. And you can almost, you know, he's, it's God comes to the people of Israel and just reminds them, hey, Remember, remember back in the day, your devotion, your youthful devotion, and you can almost, like, imagine him just, like, gazing off in the distance, remembering what it was like. Do you remember what it was like when you first met Jesus? Do you remember what that was like when you first surrendered your heart to him? I, I bet there was desire. I bet there was passion. I bet there was even, like, maybe a little bit of recklessness, like, God, I, you're so amazing. I'll do whatever it is that you ask me to do. I'll go wherever it is that you ask me to go. He was all you needed. You were seeking him. You were listening to him. You're like, I got to dive into my Bible. I got to just want to know everything there is to know about him. I got to get around people that are pursuing him so that we can do this thing together. What was it like when you first surrendered your heart to Jesus? God speaks to the nation of Israel through Jeremiah, remembering their youthful devotion 
the risky faith they had, their passion, but tragically, now it's all gone. And so God actually, you know, in this, this text here, he shifts his attention from where things uh, were to where things, to where things are. He shifts his attention from where things were. Hey, remember what it was like back then? And remember your, your first love that you had and how awesome that was to, okay, here's where things are. And he, he, says, he says this. He says, what fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols. And now all of a sudden, God, his tone kind of shifts a little bit, and he's now he's like this wounded lover who's done nothing deserving of the treatment that He's receiving. And he says, they did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness? They've just forgotten about him. No one's seeking him. No one desires him. No one's hearts are being stirred by him. No one really misses him. And it's, it's, this is a shocking part of the side of aspect of God that, that you see when you, uh, when you read through um, you know, there's a section of the Bible called the, the Major Prophets, books like I, Isaiah and Jeremiah, and then there's the Minor Prophets, books like Habakkuk and Hosea. But these, these books of the Bible, Major Prophets and Minor Prophets, are basically uh, God sending people to the Israelites when they would drift away from God, and He sends these people to bring them back. And these, these prophets are people that God speaks through. And it's it's interesting to see this side of God because God, it's God Almighty. I mean, he, he rules and He reigns over all. He is the just judge. But you see a different side of Him in these, these, these prophetic books where it's almost like He's this lover, this wounded lover whose love has just wandered away. And you can just kind of get the sense of God's heart that is for, for what, what is lost. And he says here, they did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt? They just have forgotten about it. And, and I find it incredibly sobering that they'd forgotten about him even though they were still doing all the religious activity. They were still doing all the, you know, the sacrifices they would do back in the day. They were, they were still showing up at the temple. They were still, you know, offering their, their prayers in the morning and the evening, all that stuff. They did all that. They're still giving. They're still quoting scripture doing all that stuff on the outside, yet on the inside, which at the end of the day, by the way, is the place that God cares about the most, on the inside, they were just far from God. They'd forgotten about Him. And, and you might ask, well, how is this possible? How is it possible to be doing all the, the religious activity and, and yet forget about, forget about God? Well, here's how it happens. It actually happens the same way that youthful devotion and youthful love kind of grows from raging hot to cold, um, a man and woman start off with a youthful de devotion, reckless, passionate, but then what happens? Life comes along. Babies come along. Bills come along. Mortgages come along. L late hours at work, just busting your butt comes along. Uh, just worries and the stress of life, and you say something that's misunderstood, and, and all the stuff of life comes along, and what starts to happen with that couple is they go from being like this. To it, if they're not careful, they just get further and further and further and further apart. And in and, and Becky and I's marriage, we've had, we've had moments throughout the years, as I've shared here before, where we all of a sudden wake up one day, and by the grace of God, we just, we notice, wow, we are like miles apart. 
even though we're sleeping in the same bed. It's crazy how it happens. And if you think that can happen in a relationship with God, let me just tell you, it does happen. I'm a pastor. I spend a lot of time reading God's word, reading the book. I spend a lot of time with people. Usually when I, I'm, I'm with people, we at some point end up talking about God, talking about who he is. I spend a lot of time putting, helping get this happening where we, we sing songs to Jesus and, and you're taught about who he is. And, and you, and you want to know what's scary is that even in the middle of all this religious activity over the years, I've had moments where God has come along and said, hey, Rich, remember what we have then? Remember what we used to have when it, you weren't just doing all the stuff, doing, 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 but you just actually enjoyed being with me? Rich, when was the last time that we just hung out together simply because you love me and you want to be with me and not because you want to get something from me, not because you want to have me help you in a certain way, although God loves to do that, but when was the last time you just showed up to hang out with me? It's amazing how it can happen. And it can happen for any of us. One day we're tight with God, devoted to God, but then time passes, and before you know it, a distance can form. And we become more like roommates than lovers. Religious, but not reckless and passionate. And in essence, what we've done is we've either intentionally or unintentionally traded God in His love, making Him number one in our lives. We've traded God in for something else. And we become devoted to something or someone else. And make no mistake about it, when you drift away from, from God, when you become more devoted to something else, and something else has more of your heart than God, you have, you've, you've, you've traded Him in for something else. And here's the thing, you cannot enjoy the fullness of God's love. You cannot enjoy the fullness of, of the, the life that you're meant to live until you realize that you've made this trade and then you fix it. And so God comes along to this people through Jeremiah. He starts reminding them of what the, the love they once shared. And then he tells them about how they wandered from him. And next he explained to them how this wandering isn't something to be taken lightly. He actually wants them to know it's something to be taken very seriously. And he says this. He says, Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all, but my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, number one. And number two, they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So it's like they've taken this clear, crystal, living water that, that is God and traded that for something else. And do you see what God is getting at here? He wants us to know that anytime we make something else more important than Him in our lives, it's not just a misprioritization. It's not, it's not just a, oops, life just got busy and stuff just got coming, coming my way. Um, I made a mistake. I just need to try harder. No, God says it's actually called sin. God says it's called sin. Which means this, when I make my schedule more important than God, that's sin. When I make my time that I spend with my kids more important than God, it's sin. When I make my addiction, my love for football, my love for my, my, my wife or my husband or my church or my paycheck or my truck, all these things, when I make them more important than God, God says that's called sin. 
And the reason that God wants us to stay away from sin, you got to catch this. He, the reason he wants us to stay away from sin is because he knows that what it will inevitably do is create distance. It will create distance between us and God. It will rob us of being able to daily live and in in abide in his presence, abide in his love. It will steal closeness. Sin will steal intimacy. In the end, it even destroys the life that Jesus came to bring. That's why it's, it's such a big deal. If you think that, that sin is God's way of robbing you of life, then you have believed the lie of the enemy. Sin, it, sin is, is, is not, God doesn't say you can't do that stuff because he w- wants to take away your joy, and he wants to take your life, and he, he wants to take away all your fun. And, no, God doesn't, God doesn't say distance between you and him and where there's where there's undealt stuff in our hearts when we've traded God for something else we will never experience the love of God in the real life that that he came to bring and Jesus said it's like you've traded traded that spring water for muddy water out of a broken cistern and Jesus he he is the spring of living water everything else when you make it greater than Jesus is like water brought up from a broken, muddy cistern. You've forsaken Jesus, the spring of living water, and you've dug your own cistern. And one of the most significant indicators in our lives that, that our love for Jesus has grown cold and your heart is more set on something else is it feels like your, your life actually feels a whole lot more, a lot more like digging and a lot less like drinking. When your love for God has grown cold, your life feels a lot less like drinking and a lot more like digging. You're struggling. You're fighting. You're toiling. You're looking for joy. You're searching for something but never quite finding it. You think you find it, but then it doesn't bring satisfaction. So it just, it, you just keep digging and digging and digging and digging, trying to find that crystal clear water, but you can't. But you can't. You know, there's water found from digging, and then there's water that's found simply from from drinking. You have a spring of living water in Jesus. You don't have to dig because it's this ever-flowing, refreshing spring named Jesus. And Jesus put it like this. He said, let anybody who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, what's going to flow out of them? Rivers of living water will flow from within them. I don't know if any of you ever tried when you were a kid to make a swimming pool in your backyard. Um, I lived in a town, actually, where I go. Uh, closest swimming pool was about an hour and a half. So me and my brothers, this is when I was seven, eight years old, we always thought, you know what, we're going to, let's dig a hole in the backyard. Um, we're gonna, we'll, we'll make, our, if we can't find a swimming hole, we'll just make our own swimming pool. I don't know w- what happened with the hole because I don't remember my parents ever getting mad at me, but I just thinking thinking about this right now. I wouldn't be a very happy parent if my kids decided to dig a massive hole in my backyard. But I don't know. I guess my parents were just like, yeah, let them go dig a hole. Who cares? <laughs> At least they're not getting into trouble, right? They're just digging holes. But we always, we had this picture in our heads that if we just dig a hole that we, we just thought it would be a beautiful swimming pool-like hole in the backyard. But of course, you're digging in dirt. 
and when you put water in there, it's just going to all turn to mud, right? It's just, it's gross. And so we, we would try, though, to just, we would keep digging it and digging it, and um, we'd even think that it's going to, maybe it'll just settle and we'll, we'll have a, a clear pool. But no, the more digging we did, the muddier, the muddier it got. Where is your heart at today? Are you digging in life trying to find love, trying to find goodness, trying to find satisfaction in something other than Jesus, and it's, you, you know it, it's just digging. And you keep thinking that if I, maybe if I just dig long enough, maybe the water's gonna become satisfying. Maybe it's gonna become clear. Are you, are you digging or are you satisfied in the love of Jesus? I just love that song that Jessica and the team led us in this morning. I'm just going to lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father. Have you experienced his love? Do you know his love like that today? His love truly is better than life. It's better than life. And if you're in a place in life where you're just digging for water, and you're just hoping if you just keep digging that, that at some point you're going to strike some kind of magical crystal clear water down there somewhere, you know, there's good news for you today. You don't have to live your life that way. Jesus came to set you free from digging. He came to set you free from trying to, trying to find the, the, the love and the goodness and the salvation that only He can bring. And the good news for us is that He came and He made a way on the cross so that we didn't have to dig. He made a way so that we could be set free from our sin and have Him lavish His love on us. And His love is good. It is so good. He died on a cross, making a way for us to know Him. He did this because He loves us so much. He did this because His love for us is so, so, so great. And as we wrap up today, I want to, I'm actually going to ask if maybe we could just all bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to give you a moment this morning just to kind of do some business with with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite our worship team to come as we have this moment. And I, I, I want you this morning just to allow, you know, we, we believe that God is alive. We believe that He's here. He's in this room. And, and just like He did back with Jeremiah, where He spoke through Jeremiah to woo His people back to Himself, the Holy Spirit is here today doing that right now in this moment. It doesn't matter if you're in this room or if you're watching online. You might be watching this online sometime later on in the week. It doesn't, none of that matters. God, God is here. He's speaking to you. And here's, here's the prayer that I want, want us to just, just silently pray in your heart. No, you don't have to pray out loud. But pray this prayer, Lord, where have I traded in living water? Where have I traded in living water for muddy water? Lord, where have I traded in your love, <laughs> just being satisfied in your love for something else? Where have I been convinced that if I give my heart fully to something else, if I devote my, my heart to something else, where have I been convinced that that will be better than, than you? Lord, we're just going to let you speak. Would you come and speak?
Would you speak? God, what are those things that have been grabbing a hold of our hearts? What are those things? What are those things? What are those things? For someone in the room, it's, it's a paycheck. You just, it's become all about the paycheck. It's become all about the money. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to hate the one, love the, the other, or be devoted to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't, you can't give your heart to both those things. Maybe for somebody else in the room, it's a relationship. It's just become bigger than God. God, what are those things, God, that we have gone to that compared to you are just, they're just muddy water? What are those things? What are those things? And then, just while we're in this moment, if God is bringing some things to your heart, you know, it's not just recognizing that we've traded in that crystal clear water for muddy water, but it's doing something to fix it. And God's Word tells us what that fix is. What we do when we've traded in something, traded God in for something else, is we, conf it's not complicated, we confess it. We confess, we confess our sin before God, and we say, God, I've done this, and, and, and God is not here this morning trying to heap condemnation on anybody. God is, God, Jesus said, I didn't, I didn't come to condemn. I came to save. And he's here this morning. And as, as God is speaking to you and bringing things to your heart, it's just a matter of saying, God, I just confess, Lord, I've traded this, this fill in the blank, I've traded this um, in for you. Or I've traded you in for this, God. I want to make things right today. God, I'm, I'm coming back to you. God, I'm, I'm devoting my heart to you. God, God, I confess this to you. And so God's bringing some things to your heart this morning. I encourage you just where you're at, just in your heart, just confess those things today. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your love. How amazing is it that the God who's the maker of everything, the maker of heaven and earth, the God Almighty seated on your throne, our God is, is love. Our God doesn't try to love. Our God doesn't have days where he does or doesn't love. Lord, it is who you are. Your word declares God is love. And Lord, I thank you today that you are drawing us back to you. You're drawing us back to your love, back into those, those arms of love and grace and mercy. And, and Father, today we come back to you. God, I pray, Lord, that, that Jesus, you would restore, God, if there, someone maybe here in the room this morning is just convicted because at one time they were following you with just this devotion and passion. But over the years, God, just with time and everything that's gone under the bridge, God, they just have drifted. And God, today you're saying you want to restore that. And I thank you, God, that your heart just beats for them. And so, God, I pray that you would restore that first love once again. God, I pray that you just rekindle, God, where that, that fire has burnt down into just a smoldering ember. God, would you breathe on it by the power of your Holy Spirit today? And God, would you just... Breathe in new life. Breathe in new life, I pray. 
God, I thank you, Lord, that you love us and you care so much about us. And God, I just want to ask that, that God, you would help us. God, regardless of where we're at today, I pray that you would help us, God, to know the depths of your love. God, you're, I, I pray that prayer, God, that, that Paul prayed over the church, that Jesus, we would have the power to grasp how wide and how deep and how long your love is for us. God, we can't even begin to fathom your love and grasp your love on our own. So God, would you give us the power today to grasp the depths of your love? Thank you so much for that. And God, I just want to today just pray a special prayer, Lord, over, um, God, all the moms here today. God, I just want to thank you so much for the blessing that, that moms are. And God, I just want to pray, Lord, that you would you just pour out your spirit on them, pour out your love on them. God, may they just know your goodness in an incredible way. God, I pray for those in, in, in the room, Lord, who today is just a difficult day. God, you know the circumstances. Maybe it was a, a mom that was never there. God, maybe for someone else, it's a, a mom that's just not here anymore. God, you know what this, the circumstances are. And God, I want to just ask that you would come in like that comforter that you are and, and be the God of all comfort, the God of peace today. And so God, I just want to ask that you cover us with your love and with your blessing, with your protection. God, you're so good. Thank you so much for your presence here this morning. We love you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen.